everybody welcome back to another episode of the uh, three top chat this is episode number 33 and last week we spoke to uh, Joshua from Germany uh, that was a very great you know uh, improvised and casual conversation we had um, since we had some issues with uh, Gislan's um, um, voice there uh, but um, so check that out on uh, you know your favorite platform if you missed that episode um, a bit of an update, you know, I was sent this beautiful uh, rope and necklace from, uh, from Teufelberger today, so uh, uh, we might put that on the store later. Uh, that was a joke, it's not April 1st yet, but we have some beautiful updates from Teufelberger actually. Uh, today they released their ambassador line, uh, so uh, we have this tarp, uh, you can protect your ropes and your gear. Um, they also released this Arctic uh, sweater, uh, which is uh, designed by the ambassadors as well. Um, they released also uh, uh, a Coolmax t-shirt, which is very nice uh, as a you know, top garment uh, if you're climbing. So these are uh, non-protective uh, in terms of chainsaw, but you know, protect you against the weather at least. Um, they also released uh, a pair of climbing trousers, which we will get next week, and also some cutlery uh, uh, that will be available in the store. So um, today we will be speaking to Anadi. Uh, we had uh, Anadi's uh, colleague Jonas on last year, uh, but we imagine uh, a lot of changes happened since then. So it will be interesting to get some new perspectives from, from India. Welcome, how are you? Hey, thank hey. you, I'm good. And you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm sitting here. It's pitch dark outside. You know, we're we're having snow and uh, ice everywhere. I suppose uh, it's a bit different where you are, right? It feels like summer already kicked in. I'm <laughs> almost sweating. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's good weather. Yeah, Be the, best best time like? of the year. What's what's the temperature mm, like? Twenty-eight, thirty-two, between twenty-eight and thirty-two, and at night it goes down to like. 20, now it's like 24 or so. Well, I suppose Decent. you can live with that, huh? Yeah, that, that's, that's livable. <laughs> uh, very nice, very nice. Now, we have, we have had, uh, you know, a bit of the up and down weather. I talked to some people from up north today um, in, in, in a city called Estesund. They had uh, minus 29 Celsius last week. So uh, that's uh, I know, I, the difference of 60 degrees from, from, from where you are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's intense. That's yeah. intense. That's very cold. And they were all the gear was freezing, and you know he was looking for some some things that wouldn't freeze up on the ropes and things. So, yeah, bad I, conditions to work I, in. I wouldn't be able to imagine how it is to work in those conditions. No. And I I expect that the trees also react differently because the wood's frozen. I mean, yeah, yeah. should be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, you know, in, in that cold weather, you can take a pot of boiling water and throw it up and it comes down as snow. <laughs> well, here you it take a... It doesn't work with cold water, though. Cool. If I make it to that side of the world sometime soon, I'll try it out. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're welcome to this side of the world anytime. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. So, so uh, uh, tell us about the, how you got into the arm industry and, uh, you know, how did you choose this profession? Um, it's quite a long story, <laughs> but I'll try okay. to make it short because 
my parents um, had a project of coastal reforestation on a plot of around 25 acres of land. And um, I, I don't know, that's like maybe uh, 4,700 square feet or something. Okay. So it's relatively, it's like a, a big plot that they, they wanted to do a project of coastal reforestation. So as a kid, I was, you know, I was encouraged to plant trees if I wanted to have my pocket money. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like, what, five cents per tree or something, or even less. I think, I, think I, I would plant like 20 trees and that would take, you know, like saplings. And it would take me about, uh, you know, like the whole morning and I'd get a dollar or two, which was great because that used to be quite a bit of money here in that yeah. time. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, in, in the process with, it was, it was very like communal thing. So a lot of people planted trees and there were about, I think in that plot, 500,000 different types of, I mean, not 500 different types, uh, 500,000 trees that were planted of wow. different species, maybe like 150 to 250 different species. And, um, and yeah, and, and as a kid, I was always, I was always running around with my uh, bill hook, my machete, and, right. e you know, eagerly cutting down one branch or another and, you know, doing naughty stuff that a kid would do. <laughs> and uh, we, had, we had about um, 350 coconut trees. So as I, I mean, I could climb a coconut tree without ropes and freehand and my, like, when I was eight years old. So I used to go and collect coconuts, just climb up, grab the nuts, and um, yeah. And so it was, it was very natural to me. And as I became a teenager and I was in school, but I needed pocket money, I always did a little bit of tree work on the side, but never professionally. Very amateur and unsafe, as I was saying. And I used to climb, I used to climb one hand, I had my um, gurkha knife, which is like a big machete. And I'd climb up and then hold the fronds of the coconut tree and cut, cut around and, uh, yeah, and cut around so that uh, I would basically, yeah, cut all the, the fronds off and all the coconuts so that we can, um, yeah, we would harvest the coconuts and the trees need to be pruned. And um, eventually when I was like 21, my girlfriend at that time, my wife now, was like, yeah, you know, why don't you do it a bit more professionally? Why don't you do it a bit more safe? Okay. And um, there were some, you know, there were some freelance arborists that, not arborists, but that there were a few freelance um, tree workers here. And one of them was a Spanish man. And he used to, he learned um, arboriculture in Spain and came to, to live in India. And he had like, he had a set, so he had a belt. I don't remember what belt it was, but like a, you know, carabiner, a prusik, and another carabiner, and a sideline with a prusik and a carabiner, and so forth. Like a really basic climbing set. Yeah, yeah. And um, my other this, part. Where, where was this? This was like it in. This was 2011. So 10 years ago, 10 and a half yeah. years ago. And uh, yeah, I, I. I learned from him the basics of, you know, like hip thrust with my Blake's hitch prusik and 
just very basic climbing, yeah. but I was still I was still free climbing the trees and just having the rope as a backup line, and I was still you know I was climbing barefoot in shorts with my t-shirt, and it was nice to have the belt so I could clip in my tools and so forth. But the line was like a backup system. It wasn't yeah. my my primary climbing system, you know. Like I was my climbing exactly. system. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. And um, eventually, you know, as the months passed by, I became more efficient and more proficient with the ropes. And I realized that, you know, it's just one, it's way safer. One, two, it's in the, in the long run, it's way faster as well. So you're more productive. Yeah. And slowly, you know, slowly shifted to putting on my shoes and I got a really bad burn from the chainsaw on my thigh because I was wearing shorts, like yeah. the exhaust. So I had the, two, the MS-200 exhaust like branded on my thigh. And then I was like, no, I'm, I, I'm wearing long pants. Like, I don't want to get burned again. You know, like scratches on my calves because the chain would scratch me. And it was like, it was just like, it was, you know, like the obvious next step, a bit like, oh, oh, bong, bong kind of thing, you know? Um, and then as our climbing evolved, um, you see, like, like Jonas had said in the previous talk, it was really just in the last four or five years have we really like equipped everyone with a helmet. We're trying to implement as much and as safety conscious as possible. And that's only in the last four or five years. And so what happened was that from like a freelancing, you know, one person doing it once in a while and somebody having their method, we sort of like tried to put, put our forces together and build something that we could ex like make a difference as well. That's, that's very good. Yeah. And I guess, uh, yeah, that, that's how I got into it. Like it was really yeah. slow. It, you know, it was, it was a really slow journey until about five years ago. And even I would say like until five years ago, I was, uh, I was a tree pruner. I was not an arborist. No. So like I, I could do the operations. I could prune the trees and I knew how to prune, do pruning cuts. But I don't, I didn't understand the full concept of arboriculture. You know, I didn't understand the urban forestry aspect, the, the whole aspect of tree biology, soil science, and all the aspect that is actually not physical. Right. And, and that's what I, I sort of only learned that about um, four and a half, five years into the job. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about regarding safety, because, uh, uh, you know, I, I've seen this in India uh, with my own eyes in, in the late 90s uh, when we were in Goa. Uh, yeah. you know, the guys, they were running up, you know, the stems of the palm trees with a handkerchief around it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a rucksack to pick some fruits. And exactly. then they would swing, you know, this small palm tree and jumped over to, you know, uh, another tree and pick some fruit. And because, yeah, I think exactly. they planted, you know, those thin palm trees to be yes. able to swing back and forth as opposed to, you know, climbing. And they, they harvest, fruit. they harvest that palm. No, it's a, it's a, um, they harvest the fruit. Yeah. This was, I think this was mangoes as well. Mango trees. They, in, depends. They mix, like they mix, you'll have coconut trees. If they plant coconut tree plantations, you'll have it mixed with teak trees and banana trees. Yeah. Because, so teak is a, it's a high value wood, which goes at 
you know, um, about 50 to 60 euros uh, CFT. Yeah. So you can, it, it's, it's a high value wood. It's, I, I think it's, it's our oak almost, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's very nice. We, we, a lot of, a lot of the teak goes on to boats and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's, it's really water resistant. It's, it's great. Exactly. It's great wood. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's one of these things that they, if they, they plant the teak trees and the coconuts and the bananas, they can harvest fruit and then harvest the wood every 30 years or so. And it gives a good return of funds and, Okay. It gives a good workload. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, in, in essence, you can say that your wife got you into this job, huh? Yeah, and uh, she she's awesome. And I mean, she's also the one who designed our logo. She's a graphic oh, okay. designer. So, yeah. yeah, she designed our logo. And, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> cool, cool. So you started India's first, you know, really tree care company, uh, you know, together with our previous guest, Jonas. Yes, but, uh, Jonas, yeah. How did you two get to know each other and, you know, and how did you come up with this idea? So Jonas, Jonas and I have been friends since we were around two or three years old, you know, and we're, we're almost like brothers. We know each other really well and um, we are like, we, we're really close. I, I, I mean, I have to say also, there's a third partner that, that runs TreeCare with us. He's not active socially, like social media wise okay. but he's also like a brother to us and you know we all grew up really close together and um well we we decided to to do it because of the need there is a need and there's a passion you know we have a, we're passionate about this and the fact that it it's one of these things where like we it was not our main, it was not each of our main focus. We could have easily have gone into different careers, but somehow call it faith, call it the fact that you, you try something and you love it and you're like, okay, I want to pursue that. And it just, it just works. There's such a good dynamic that it just flows. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of these things where we really focus on team building and, we, we wanted to do something that could make a difference in India. I mean, I believe that each and everyone should make a small difference, whatever difference they can. And there are, you know, there's like, I'll give you a story that we were working last year in, in Kodi, in Kodakanal, where we have those huge eucalyptus trees that are 50, yeah. 50 meters, 60 meters. And, um, there was a local team that was working there that was helping to clean up. So they were just bucking the logs, piling them up because of like cost efficiency and so forth. Yeah. And um, so there was the chainsaw operator who was about 48 years old, maybe 50. And he had a son. And like in, in my break time, I would talk to them because I speak the local language. So I would be speaking to them. And asking them about their experience because they climb these massive trees with no safety. They climb up a rope. They don't have a belt. They don't have anything. And they're, you know, I'm scared. I'm scared when I have my full equipment and I'm, I'm scared. I, you know, I, it's scary. And they do it with, with no safety equipment. So I'm talking to them and I'm like, how do you do this? And they, it's a simple answer for them. It's like, it's our way of life and it's a difficult way. 
the, the father had lost a son. He, he had two sons and one son fell off the tree and died, you know? And I was like, right. and you still go and climb the tree even after that has happened. And he's like, yeah, this is what we know how to do. This is what we do. So in, in my spare time, you know, I showed them the, how to make a rope harness with, uh, uh, sorry, a harness with a rope. So like a rope harness. And I showed them like, look, you know, like you can, you can use these things that, okay, they're not going to be comfortable, but it's going to save your life. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that like, you know, we all have means. And if I can help someone, I'm happy to do it. And I, I believe that that's, that's something that's good to do. So I'm, that, that's our mission in the long run. Yeah, good. That's a good mission. So, so you know, since uh, we spoke to, to Jonas uh, last year, you know, what else has happened in your company, you know, uh, like a half, in half a year? Yeah, so uh, basically we, in the last half a year, because of COVID times, we haven't had any like big, big contracts because most of the companies that, that call us regularly are sort of financially, um, you know, being cautious. Yeah. And... And we focused on setting up some webinars so that we could spread the knowledge of arboriculture in India. And we've been working with some facilitators to do webinars and teach, uh, you know, architects, town planners, and people who would have an influence on on the development of, of cities or even just private residences, um, how to react with, with trees if they're in their location. And that, that was, that's been quite, um, quite interesting and also, you know, a learning experience because the more you focus on a certain aspect, the better you get at it. If I, if I do 40 hours of climbing a week, I'm going to become that much better of a climber. If I do 40 hours of research and so forth, I'm going to become that much better at um, deducting sure, yeah. what, yeah. So, so it was in the last six months, we've been focusing on that and, um, yeah, that was that was one of these things that um, came out of this pandemic because we've been talking about it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. But we never had the time, and suddenly we had the time. So we're like, oh, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, so as you said, you know, you're you're working on developing, you know, the uh, the tree care industry in India. But what do you think are you know the big future steps to make this happen? Oof, you know. Um, so big future steps are, wait, I just, I wrote something down because I know myself, I was going to forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I think that our main big future step is education and training. Yeah. And we, we have some resource. We don't have so many, so much resource, but also, um, we want to document that training. We want to document our true YouTube and true Instagram. And um, also for our local audience and have it either in English with subtitles that they can, that they can understand or, you know, one, I can speak the local language that they speak in the South. And we have some of our, our tree climbers and our um, employees that are from Nepal and they can speak um, Hindi, which is, the common language in the north. So we could have, you know, we could have um, uh, a YouTube channel where we can cater to both our um, viewers that are in Europe and America and so forth, and our 
our local viewers because we want to make the change here. So um, that's one of our goals for the coming year. And um, so, yeah, create a YouTube channel, promote our Instagram. And also we were, we're, um, we're setting up our, a, a new website where hopefully we're going to also have like a, I, I mean, this is all like conceptual and not yet concrete. These are our plans. So we want to have like a, a funding option. So, you know, like you can donate because the exchange rate is really high. So even if you're donating, you know, $5 or five euros, it makes a big difference and it'll allow us to, you know, to rent, rent our car to, or take a flight yeah. to, because otherwise we, we pay for this because we, we want to train the poor people because the majority of the people who are doing this work is not the middle class or the rich because they want to become doctors and engineers. So the poor people, but they don't have the means to, to, to pay for it. Unfortunately, they don't. So we, we do like in our local surrounding, we've done some training and, you know, given some equipment to people who, who required it, some tree um, workers who required it. And that's easy because we don't, it's not a, like there's no loss of money and there's no, there's no uh, cost that's incurred. But for us to travel, and India is huge, and for us to travel to the people who do this work throughout the country, and, you know, it, we, it's not feasible for us to, to finance it, but I know that plenty of people would, would love to, you know, and it's, would love to donate to that cause. And I have loads of friends who are like, oh, yeah, you should do it, you know. And what, what is five euros? It's like, that's my, my coffee and my croissant. I'm happy to, to, to give that Exactly. Once every three months, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, so that's our, that's our upcoming project because that's where we want to focus. You know, we need yeah, to train people. Yeah, that's very good. You know, as you said, you know, we uh, you told me about, you know, the, uh, the father and son and he lost his son, you know, but, you know, it shouldn't really have to be, you know, as it's almost like collateral damage, right? So, it's collateral uh, damage. It, yeah. It's collateral damage. Exactly. And the, the worst part is, is that, you know, they, they estimate, uh, like, it sucks to say, but the poorer classes here in India, they estimate that their life is worth around five to 10,000 euros. You know, that's what, a company, that's what a company has to pay off to their family if they, if they get injured or die, you know, if they get, uh, like, handicapped injured. And it's, it's just, you know, okay, this is happening there's, this happens all over the world, but this is where I am and where we are, Jonas, myself, Julian, and we're here. This is where we can make a change. This is where we choose to make a change. So that's what we're doing. And yeah, yeah we are passionate you know, about uh, it. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're doing all this work. You know, uh, we'll, we'll talk after this chat and uh, we'll make a donation from our team. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you okay. so much. That's, that's great. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot. So, uh, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the trees, you know, uh, you know, for many yes. of our viewers, you're working in palm trees is something which they have never done or not doing on a regular basis, at least. So, so tell us a little bit about, you know, the, how that differs from climbing and working in, in other trees that are not, you know. Yeah. So, so like we have about a hundred to maybe 150 different species of palm trees in our area from coconut trees to palmeras to royal palms, 
fishtails, which are like incredibly itchy when you prune them. They're incredibly, like they make you have a rash to date palms. We just, we have so many different types of palms. And we even have a, a one of, like, we have a huge century palm that grows to around 40 meters and wow. it lives to 100 years old. And once it reaches, it only flowers once when it dies. So it reaches to 100, it flowers this massive, so it's like 40 meters, and then it shoots up another 15 meters of this, uh, the flower. So the flower okay. shoots up, and it's like, I've had to prune, I've had to prune several of those, and it's just, they're no fun. They have, they have like razor thorns that are this big, and not, not, even, not even counting the, the, the rats and the animals that live in there. So it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, like a, it's an adventure. It's, it's always fun. I mean, unless, yeah. unless it's too scary, then it's not so fun. Yeah. But yeah. Do, you, do you trim any of the palm trees in kind of urban areas as well? You know, you take off, you know, the, some of the dead, you know. Yeah, so. Branches on palm trees, but. Well, they have the fronds and the, the nut, like the coconuts. So we have the, the coconuts that have like hazardous nuts and the fronds that fall off. Yeah. Um, mostly... It, the, the coconut trees that we trim are for like middle class to upper class clients that, you know, they have their garden and they want to, they have all like flowers and everything that need yeah. to be rigged. Otherwise, mostly the locals love to do them because they do it, you know, with no PPE. So it's a lot cheaper. And for like huge plantations for harvesting, they charge ridiculously like, well, what is it? Let me just do the calculation. It's like, it's like 45 cent per tree. Wow. They charge 45 cent per tree and they can do 10, 10 to 15 trees per day. You know, and these are like 30 meter trees or 25 meter trees, palm trees, coconuts. Wow. So we can't, financially, we can't compete on that. Oh, of course. And, okay. But we, we, do, we do do it for yeah, clients that have um, value that's below the palms. So, and, and it's, I, I enjoy pruning coconut trees. I find that it's, on top of it, if they have coconuts, it's like an extra bonus. You get to drink the coconut. I mean, it's like uh, one, of the, one of my favorite fruit or nuts. Yeah. And they're just, yeah. Right. So you, you also uh, competed in, in uh, Kapunda, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, With Joe. So how was that down there? You know, are you, are you planning to compete some more, or you know? Uh... I think I think that was like it was an amazing experience, yeah. uh, eye-opening, and you know, like Jonas and I are um, very have very similar climbing styles because we both learn from each other, and we're we're like you know, we're we're very similar climbing. Um, we have very similar climbing styles and it's like, oh, I would have done it this way. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the way I would have done it. And it's because we learned from each other. So when we went to Kapunda and we saw, you know, in Australia, we saw suddenly we were exposed to 150 different climbers and mm -hmm. some, of the, some of the best climbers in the world. You know, it's like Scott Forrest is there and, yeah. you know, Sam, Sam Treesmith is there. He's, I mean, this is like, Ryan Rupert, these guys, and Drew, and this is like, there's just so many good, great climbers, you know, and just watching them climb and being like, whoa. And then when, when we climbed, 
we, we were very surprised to be um, not at their level, but close behind, you know. And um, that, was, that was really um, reassuring and gratifying a bit to our ego as well, because we're like, oh, wow, you know, like, yeah. we're, we're, we, we don't have anyone to compare to. So, and we learned so much. We learned so much because we were like, whoa, ah, man, that's like way more insightful. And I, I didn't see that, like that way that he would climb. And, or, or even later that we stayed on and worked a little bit in Australia. And we okay. saw how they, how they rigged these massive trees. And, you know, sometimes just, it's just everyday work for, for them there. And it's, it's one of these things where it's just, you can't conceive it because you come from a place where, you know, we don't have other arbors to compare to. No, exactly. It's, it's a totally different scene there. So, yeah, um, and, and the competition was just like, it was beautiful. The spirit that was in that competition was like, like a, it was like a brotherhood. And, you know, it, it was this thing of everyone was climbing and performing and having a great time and invested all this time for a one-minute climb, a two-minute climb. The, yeah. the shorter, the better in the end, you know? So it's like, yeah, I want yeah. to climb as little as possible or exactly. as fast. People from all over the world, you know, just coming yeah. together in one place to do this, you know, it's, it's amazing. Exactly, yeah. And so then what, sharing. What, yeah, so sorry, sorry. What do you think about, you know, the, the tree climbing competition scene in India? Do you foresee any, any competitions that are hosted in India, you know, going forward? We have, like, we have big plans to do them because there's some beautiful trees here. But it's, it's a matter of um, we want to first have Indian tree climbers so that they can also compete. So right. I would say at least, you know, two or three years until mm. something comes off here. I mean, okay. we, could obviously, we could obviously have done it sooner, but I don't think it would have had the same. Or it could actually, it could actually have a very positive impact because people would see it as it would be like an exhibition, an expo. So that would also, could be that it was, would be, yeah. There's a yeah, possibility, I, I guess. Uh, it, it could potentially could draw interest to, you know. Exactly. The, the whole, you, know, uh, you know, safety situation and, you know. The, exactly. The thinking of PP in that, that term. Yeah, precisely, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, Jonas uh, told me, uh, you know, um, about, you know, the rats eating your gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some so, funny uh, stories. Yeah, that was, uh, it was a funny story, but, you know, I, I can imagine you suffered from that, you know, but uh, can, you give, <laughs> can you give us your funniest on the job story? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's a couple of really good funny stories. Um, do, you, do you mind if I swear? No, no, that's right. <laughs> okay, because this one is like one of my favorite that, you know, where I'm, so we're working at one of our higher class clients that we do um, every year. We do like an annual pruning. Okay. And I had to, I was, we were six of us there and myself, Jonas, and um, we had a third climber. He no longer works with us. This was like four and a half years ago or something. We just started to like expand throughout India. And so this was like the, first or the second I think yeah this was I think the second time pruning at his uh, compound and he has he's a tree collector so he has like just 
species from Madagascar, from Hawaii, from all over the world. Okay. And he had these, these three massive ficus trees. And I had to do one of them. There was the most gnarly and like had crossing branches and dead branches and it was a mess. So I was like, okay, I'll do that one, you know, and um, whatever. Joe went and climbed the really nice tree that was all open. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I was doing this, um, this really gnarly tree and uh, I'm, it's just a headache. There was the compound wall. We had to rig everything, bring it inside. And I start to swear because I'm just getting like after two and a half hours, I'm just getting pissed at each branch. I'm like, oh, this fucking shit branch. I'm going to cut down this fucking tree. I can't stand it. Oh, get down, bitch, bitch. You know, like I start swearing. And um, one of my climbers, uh, he's like, hey, Anadi. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm working. He's like, Anadi. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. I'm right. I'm like busy. And he's like, the client. And then I look down. And so this is like, you know, he's rich, wealthy, well-educated, fluent in English, and he's passionate about his trees. And he yeah. sees, like me, swearing at his tree, going to cut it down kind of thing, you know. And so, like, oh, I freeze. Like, I block. I'm like, oh, what the hell? What the hell did I just do? And then I rappel down. I take off my saw. I'm like, hello, sir. Um, uh, let me show you what all the team is doing, you know, like. Like, act like that thing happened. But I was, I was so embarrassed. And all of us were so embarrassed. Yeah, I can yeah. But do you still work for him? Oh, we still work for him. He, he loves yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, he loves us. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, every, every time I go, he, he, gives, he gives me a T-shirt or he gave me this uh, really cool book of, um, uh, now I forgot the name, but it's about the photographer that takes pictures in Borneo. And um, yeah, anyway, really good climbing book. And he, yeah, he's a great, he's a great client also because he's so passionate about the trees. Oh, and he's, he's, also, he's also helped us promote our business to his other friends and so forth. Uh, so sorry. it was like, it was, it was one of those so, bonding well, moments. Despite, you know, the swearing, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, he, yeah. I think he, he told his friends and it was like a good, good laugh. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> So, so over, yeah. you know, we, we, we've seen some, some, some uh, videos of snake encounters on your Instagram page as well as some other Indian arborist <laughs> pages, you know. Uh, how have you had any, any other scary encounters with, with other animals? And, and how is it to meet a snake like that? Well, um, I, if I'm being like 100% frank, the only real animal that scares me is other humans and like neighbors and so forth. I'm not, I'm not scared of the snakes and the scorpions and the ants. And like, I, I grew up here, so I, I, I catch snakes. I have a terrarium at home. So I, I educate both my kids about like reptiles and which ones are venomous, how they react. And, you know, cause most reptiles are very docile and they only react when they have their space intruded. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, like, I'm not scared, and um, I've got stung in the tree by a scorpion, and we don't have venomous snakes that climb the trees, fortunately. Okay. We, only have, we only have tree snakes which are not venomous. We don't have any, like, mambas or um, tree vipers or those types of, tr of snakes that climb trees. Okay, we, don't have, we don't have dangerous venomous spiders, and 
So like the most dangerous thing you'll find in a tree would be a scorpion or, you know, we have fire ants, which are super annoying. Yeah. And yeah, I guess like in terms of, yeah, we don't, it's not that, it, it sounds exotic. And I guess if you come from Europe where you only have squirrels, it would be, it would be, <laughs> that's, that's also funny because, you know, when I went to Italy last year, I saw, I saw these cute red squirrels and I was like, oh, squirrels, squirrels. And all the other arborists looked at me like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? He's a fucking squirrel, you know? <laughs> so and you I was there like, it with you, right? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to take it with me. I was like, I'm going to feed it some nuts or something, you know? Like, I'm going to let the kids play with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to let the kids play with it. <laughs> so, so I have to ask you, have you seen a, have you seen a, like a king cobra on the ground? I've not seen a king cobra. In our region, we don't have king cobras. We have the okay. Indian spectacle cobra. And yeah, I've seen them. And okay. they're, they're quite, uh, they can be quite like scary. They get quite big. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, like I said. Well, you know, we have some dangerous uh, species there as well. Well, yeah. not really dangerous, but you know, I think it was over a hundred years ago, somebody was killed uh, uh, of a wolf in the wild. There have, there have been some deaths in, in the animal parks, but, you know, yeah. uh, I think that's probably the, uh, the, the, the most dangerous animal we have, considering, uh, you know, of course we have, I think, you know, uh, bees and, and uh, wasps kill more people than, than the other. Than the know, big, yeah. People get yeah, exactly. And stuff. Yeah, we have nasty bees here, and we have hornets, which are, like, massive. Yeah, I know. So, they're, they're big. Yeah. They're big. And... And, uh, you know, we also, like, we, in our region, we don't have elephants, but elephants can be quite dangerous, and they're scary. And it's like, yeah, you gotta, you got to run, because those things break your car. And yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, yeah. yeah, I know. I've seen some of those videos on, on YouTube. You know, they're, they're, you know, unpredictable, it seems. Yeah, and we had, so we had, like, uh, about two years ago, we had, uh, um, we did a little demonstration, like Jonas had talked about it, about the, and about the Tata coffee. And in those regions, you get tigers, elephants, king cobras. And yeah, so there it was, there's a whole like different level of safety protocol when it comes to wild animals. And it's, wow. it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So, uh, but you know, I suppose you know Australia has the, the most venomous animals in the world. You know, they're, they're yeah. right? Yeah, Australia. Australia is one of those places where you know, like any snake can kill you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at least they even chase you down. Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, but <laughs> it's definitely scary enough. Nobody's right. known to chase people. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I'm not sure if it's in Australia or if. Black Mamba is also, yeah, or if it's in Africa, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. It could be Africa, I'm not sure, but, you know, I know, I know they're, they're, they're trying to chase people to just bite them. You know, yeah, vicious people. guys. Bad, bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, our standard question is coming up. So what's your favorite piece of gear of all time and why? Cool. Uh, this, is, this is a close one. So I would say um, the tree motion harness and the rope runner are okay. like a close, 
it's hard for me to decide. So the way I see this, if, if I had to like climb every day, would I rather climb in my tree motion with like an akimbo or another SRT device or something? Or would I rather my rope runner with another belt? I think I would go for the, for the tree motion. Yeah. Because, because I mean, like I used to wear the Sukuya Petsa, <coughs> excuse me. And I used, had a little bit of backache and okay. you know, after long days of work and with the tree motion, I just, I don't get back pain, touch wood, but, that's and that, if my body is healthy, that's like, I mean, I can, I can live without um, the beauty of the rope runner because you know, the rope runner pro came out. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're still waiting for it to become C approved because you know, we're, we yeah. sell approved equipment. So understandable. But, you know, yeah. It's going to be out in, in the kind of March here. Mid, cool. mid -March yeah. So a lot of people are looking forward to the rope runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine it's a great tool. Yeah. So uh, on, a, on a, you know, personally on a, on a, you know, uh, on a business level, what, what do you think your, what is your, your future plans? What is happening next? So on a business level, I think we're going to try to execute those points where I mentioned that we want to do a YouTube training and train people and focus on that aspect. So that's going to be more of a, yeah, let's see how we're going to see how to approach that and depending on what happens. But we, we need to, that, that's our, our end goal is to have as many arborists in India as possible. Mm -hmm. And in the long run, that's the way forward. So this coming years, the next year or two is going to be focused on that. Um, and on a personal, personal note of like my career as an arborist, I think it's very important for me to travel. <coughs> Excuse me. Just because every time I go out, I learn new skills. New skills, whether it be climbing or, mm. and I feel like, you know, I've never done any crane work and I want to do, I want to expand my skill set. And I have, I have friends through Instagram and through meeting them in person that, that are knowledgeable. And like, I feel like, we are like it's we're incredibly supported our our team you know our tree care india team we're and it's it's really something that warms my heart and we're really grateful about it because we've been offered you know we've been offered oh come work for us for a month come work here and it's it's an opportunity for for us to to learn uh, to spread spread our like enthusiasm as well and to bring back to India the things that we learned and teach other arborists those things. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, when you run a business, your business is your personal and your personal is your business kind of thing. Yeah, it's joint. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, once, once you expand, you know, the, the arb industry in, in India, you know, we might set up, uh, you know, uh, uh, a bronze chair because you know I'm getting yeah. tired of this cold weather. <laughs> Come and have some nice warm weather. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that's you know that's the end goal. We want to have we want to have a vibrant industry here, and mm -hmm. it's going to take time. But yeah. all well, good things know, take time. Sounds to me you're doing the right things. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome.
So um, um, I'm not sure if we have any uh, questions from the audience here. Uh, do we? Actually, there, there are no questions showing I've, up. I'm not sure if people are shy on this Friday afternoon. <laughs> but, uh, I talked so much, they were like, oh, we don't need to ask him questions. <laughs> well, you, probably, you probably said it all, right? <laughs> There's always more to say. <laughs> I know, I know. You probably sit here for another hour. <laughs> oh, you know, like oftentimes I just I'm chatting and and just like time flies so fast. I'm like, what? Yeah, We're already speaking for for an hour, and I'm like, oh. And it's it's when you're passionate about something, it just time flies. Yeah, I know. I, I had a guy that came in, you know, a customer that came in here uh, to pick up some gear today. And, uh, you know, uh, we were sitting here talking and, you know, he said, you know, Anders, do you fancy a pizza around, you know, 12 o'clock lunchtime? So he yeah. went away, got a couple of pizzas and we were sitting here having lunch and then he stayed for another hour. <laughs> exactly. So, when... When when you can have an interesting conversation, it goes fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, I was showing him a, a book that we have as well on, on oak trees and stuff. But, so cool. yeah, it was a nice, nice, nice conversation. Uh, yeah. We have a question here. Uh, is the uh, is is there a national standards government approved in India? Um, you mean in tree work? I think yeah, that like, okay, so in tree work, there's no government standard approval. There is a government requirement of working at heights. Okay. So if you're doing any procedure above two meters, then you, um, you need to have all the safety gear and have a harness and so forth, but nobody follows it. And yeah, okay. it's, and the government doesn't enforce it because it's just, they don't have the manpower to, to enforce it. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's one of those laws. You know, I think they're they're probably all over the world. You know, mm. they're they're making laws that nobody can enforce. So, uh, what's the point? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's and and the like. There is a responsibility for the employer to make sure that his employees are safe, but they just circumvent that by hiring contractors. So it's like, yeah, they're not working for us. The contractor is, and that's that. Yeah. yeah, it's their responsibility. So, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's one last question. We have one last Who's question. Who's corner or steel? What's your favorite chainsaw? Who's corner steel or Echo or whatever? You know, like my favorite chainsaw at the moment is the 372. I love it. Okay. Yeah, the Husqvarna 372. I I don't have much experience with those Quarna top handle. When I went to Italy this year, uh, last year, I used the five forty five. I think it's the five forty five. I'm not hundred percent sure because it's like the first time I used it. I think it's the five forty five. It's the the professional top handle, yeah. and that one I was like, ooh, I fell in love with it. It felt like I was just like revving a a two hundred, you know, just a little bit better. But it was just like I loved it. But we don't we don't have that available in India, so okay. so we have like the three thirty five some old model that it's an amateur saw it's not a it's semi professional, okay. and it works it's it's a good saw but it's just not at that that level. Same level. No. I would say three seventy two. I think we have another question, right? 
Hmm. This is more of a statement, it seems like. Uh, it's more of a statement. What does he say? I know uh, Thailand, Hong Kong, uh, etc., have made a qualification body where national standard and set up the international arborist database to track, uh, etc. You should check it out. Okay, yeah, cool. It was a, it was yeah. a tip for you. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for the tip. Um, maybe DM me the specifics because my memory, like, is so late here. So I'm going to yeah, most yeah, probably. Sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, cool. We'll send you that. You know, we we have to. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I think you know it's it's uh, it's late. Um, you know, and um, it's uh, Friday night. People want to start. You know, cooking their dinners. Uh, you probably yeah. have yours already. Yeah. I had um, mine. Thank you very much for attending. It was a pleasure chatting to you. And and all the best for, for Tree Care India. As you said, you know, uh, we'll keep in touch and you give me your details and we'll we'll make a little donation to your company and your, your course there. Uh, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and for the continued support. And really, really appreciate um, all the support that we get. Keep up the good work. And thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, we'll see you next yes, thank week. Thank you, everyone. Uh, and have a nice weekend and a good next week. Have a nice talk to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care.